Not everything in life is what it seems, because even salt looks like sugar. Hi, how are you? My name's Luca, and uh, I don't live on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings from the dark side of the pomegranate. I am your host, Billy Hoosh. Welcome to Even Salt Looks Like Sugar, a podcast that explores true crime, paranormal activity, and unsolved mysteries. This series discusses difficult and distressing subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Some of the most diabolical and infernal acts of human nature have yet to be explained. Although it is believed that we are made up of both good and bad energy, what happens when the negative forces take over and we become the bad energy? Although death is a part of life, why are those human beings so consumed with dark energy feel they have a right to end someone's life? What happens when a man's warped curiosity becomes an innocent third party's nightmare? This is the death of June Lin. Human behavior is as distinctive and instinctive as human beings themselves. Most individuals display adaptive patterns of everyday function and behavior at an early age. They also display flexible yet stable cognition and experience that exhibits empathy, comfort, and rationality too. Human behavior can create a recurrence of thoughts, ideas, and even images, such as perception and imagination. And although human behavior is said to be collectively conscious, some behavior is said to be quite the opposite. In fact, right before consciousness progresses into awareness and then knowledge, it is the unbiased, the unemotional, and the unattached, as well as the inherited traits that influence both feelings and behaviors in human beings. But what happens when those patterns of everyday function and behavior display signs of selfishness, egotism, jealousy, hedonism, megalomania, narcissism, paraphilia, paranoia, and even dysmorphia? Not everything in life is what it seems, because even salt looks like sugar. Episode 12, The Death of June Lin.
born just two days before the new year on December 30th, 1978 in Wuhan, China, Jun Lin had big goals and even bigger dreams of becoming successful. He wanted to make his parents proud, so he began his journey in the summer of 2011 when he packed up his bags and moved overseas to Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Having registered as a student at Concordia University, Lin loved engineering and computer science. Lin was a relatively reserved man who kept to himself, but would not hesitate to say hello if you talk to him. He loved music and was known to blare it often, especially in his new apartment. He also loved animals and treated his pet cat like his very own child. Lin worked part-time for many years in a convenience store before quitting to pursue his dream of becoming an engineer, a job that would be very much short-lived, like his life. On May 24th, 2012, Lin found himself responding to a Craigslist ad posted on the popular site in the discreet mail-for-mail listings. The ad read, I am looking for a sexy guy who is interested into becoming an actor in a personal movie I am making. Please be between 18 and 35. Good looking. I am making the movie for me. It's for fun, so I'm not going to pay you for anything. If you are interested, send me your stats with a face pic and a body pic. Remember, no pick equals no answer. And I am not looking for sex and no cocksucking. 33-year-old Jun Lin was gay, and although this wasn't a secret among his closest friends, he wasn't fully out about it to his family and other people. And because of this, he kept a lot of this side of him completely private. Having been intrigued by the personal ad he read on Craigslist, Lin decided to respond and meet the man behind the ad. That man was Luca Magnata. Luca Magnata, a wolf in sheep's clothing, was a malignant, narcissistic psychopath who had a strong curiosity for killing innocent kittens. Displaying similar traits to Jeffrey Dahmer, Magnata enjoyed attention and would do virtually everything to get it. Hi, my name is Lu Luca. Magnata is my last name, M-A-G-N-O-T-T-A. Magnata and Lynn met at the local McDonald's for dinner at the eatery in the Snowden Metro station before making their way back to Magnata's downtown apartment. Thursday, May 24th, 2012 seemed like any other day. The pair were both seemingly interested in getting to know each other and, of course, hooking up. However, not everything is what it seems, right? When Magnata and Lynn returned to Magnata's apartment in Dicare Boulevard, the pair proceeded to enter through the front door. This was captured by surveillance footage. As Magnata let them both into the building, Jun Lin appeared quite ecstatic and happy, 
whereas Magnata appeared cold. Sadly, this would be the last time anyone would ever see Jun Lin alive. As both of them entered Luca's apartment, they both started making out heavily before one thing led to another. According to Dr. Marie Frederique Allard, Luca Magnata told her it was Jun Lin who tied Magnata to the bed. What started as intense kissing quickly turned into anal sex. Jun Lin was on top of Luca Magnata. Somewhere during their tryst, Magnata started feeling anxious and begged Lin to stop because he felt Lin was being too rough. Lin obliged. Shortly after, the Canadian cat killer went to the balcony of his apartment, where he claims he saw a black car parked out front. Somewhere during this time, he started to get paranoid. Really paranoid. After suggesting both he and Lin take a break, Magnata popped the drug to Manzapan. According to Magnata, Lin also took the drug. Brace yourselves. What happens next will shock you. Lucas started to hear voices in his head. He claims he thought Jun Lin was part of some espionage with the Canadian government. And like 90% of his claims, this would later prove to be false. During this time, Lin begged Magnata to be tied to the bed. At least this is what Luca claimed. Although Magnata agreed, he started feeling even more paranoid than ever before and didn't know why. He told Dr. Allard he thought Lin was part of a government conspiracy to kill him. He claimed the voices told him that Lin was a government agent and to do it. Do it as in kill him. The Canadian killer continued telling the psychiatrist that as he killed Jun Lin, he heard the voices tell him to give it back. Give it back, as in give back his body. This is what allegedly prompted him to cut Jun Lin up and send various body parts to different members of the Canadian government. The entire murder was filmed entitled One Lunatic, One Ice Pick a sequel to his One Boy, Two Kittens video, another disturbing video Magnata created years prior that involves two innocent kittens being tortured by him and shows them suffocating to death. One Lunatic, One Ice Pick, on the other hand, is a different kind of evil as it exemplifies gore and displays acts of picarism and necrophilia Although cannibalism should not be sought out entirely, the depiction makes me believe the act is more suggested than expressed. Not to mention, Lin is stabbed about a hundred times in the video. Just a warning though, there are certain things in life you cannot unsee. This particular video is one of them. I don't recommend searching for this video at all. This Luca Magnata production is a snuff video and is as gore as it gets. Why? Because you are basically watching a murder happen. Therefore, I would not recommend watching it, at least on an empty stomach. If you're enjoying tonight's episode of Even Salt Looks Like Sugar, 
please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spreaker, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Also visit our official website, evensaltlookslikesugar.com. Moving right along. With an inconsistent story, Magnata continued to blame his actions on who he refers to as his former pimp, a man by the name of Manny Lopez. The day after, Friday, May the 25th, 2012, surveillance footage revealed Magnata leaving multiple times throughout the night into the early hours of the morning, all of the way into the afternoon and evening. This time, he was alone, wearing Jun Lin's yellow t-shirt, simultaneously checking himself out in the mirror as if nothing happened. In various times of the day, you can see Magnata carrying multiple trash bags, including a suitcase to the dumpster. He's even throwing away various articles of clothing, including Jun Lin's khakis he wore when he was originally met Luca. When he leaves to run errands, you see Luca returning with bags of multiple things he purchased, later discovered to be new bed sheets because the sheets he had were covered in blood and needed to be trashed, white spray paint to cover up the blood he couldn't remove from the apartment and to conceal the suitcase caught on surveillance, and even some boxes, post office boxes, used to send Jun Lin's body parts to various members of the Canadian government. Luca Magnata was not only a narcissistic egomaniac who chased fame, but he was also modestly histrionic in a sense where he craved attention. And every single action Magnata would implement and execute would be based on his desire to get it. It was as if everything Mr. Magnata did was for attention. After killing and dismembering Jun Lin's body, the cat-killing cannibal literally wore his victim's shirt and looked at himself in the mirror. Footage reveals he would do this again after making his way to the public trash room, as if he was proud of himself for taking an innocent man's life and he loved how he looked in that bad wig. Just hours later, and take into account it's still May 25th, he made time to mail Lynn's left foot to the Canadian Conservative Party headquarters and Lynn's left hand to the Liberal Party's headquarters, both located in Ottawa. He included a personal handwritten letter with both of Lynn's limbs. 
you know what, you look good, you look fine, just don't even worry about it. But I honestly, they don't understand my position in life. They don't understand my goals in life. Like, you know what, if I don't have my body, if I don't have my looks, then I don't have any life. My looks, my body are my life. Keep in mind, wanting attention isn't always bad. However, Magnata played this role to camouflage his psychological distress and suffering. Magnata, a narcissist, so in denial of his own suffering and shortcomings, preserved his pleasure by torturing animals, small kittens, and puppies who were given to him free by people on Craigslist who were completely unaware of who he truly was. He also did the same to human beings who, too, were blinded by his facade. Magnata did this as a way to cope with his problems. Problems so dark that no one could possibly understand them unless they were just like him. Embracing his inner darkness, Magnata used his pain his failures, and bad experiences in life as a way to justify his nefarious and malevolent actions towards the innocent. Actions he will never admit to because he's too self-centered and egotistical to think he's ever done anything wrong. Magnata's admiration of himself has been on display for over a decade prior to 2012 when he confided into his psychiatrist, Dr. Surabalan, in 2003, that he was going to be, and I quote, a celebrity. Shortly after, he started doing gay pornography, gay escorting, and modeling. It wasn't until only three years later, he started to show who he truly was after he started the lie that he was involved with serial killer Carla Homolka. This was propaganda he created. To perpetuate this particular narrative, he claimed he didn't know her at all and wasn't involved with her. Yet he started the rumor in efforts to garner fame and sympathy from the public, predominantly the news media. He would voluntarily send emails using sock accounts to several media platforms with this tip just so they would contact him. He would then dispute the rumor that he, Luca himself, created just so the media would print it with his name attached. But what if it goes much deeper than this? I think you and I know it does. BDSM, or bondage, discipline, and submission, is an erotic sexual form of role-playing that involves two consensual adults who are willing to participate. In the fall of 2010, Luca Magnata published an ad on a BDSM-friendly platform using the pseudonym Dragonslayer4. The ad reads, What's up? Currently, I'm in Russia until the end of the year. However, I can't wait to have some fun back in North America. I'm 20 years old and I love to be tied up. I also like 
very, very dominant, aggressive, and sadistic thinking men. Laugh out loud, I'm bisexual. And if there is a strong-minded female out there, let me know. Here is some before and after shots of me in and out of bondage. I got into S&M and bondage a little while ago because my ex-boyfriend used to make me crawl around the floor with a dog collar and leash, and I would sleep in a cage at night until he was ready for me. Anyone care to share their stories? Also, no haters and religious nuts. Thanks. I'm an atheist, just like-minded men like me. With the ad, he included a photo of himself wearing a bondage gag and cuffs, laying in a somewhat fetal position. Just a few months prior in August of this same year, Magnata promoted himself as a Russian male model before suggesting his other interest, his interest in Canadian security and intelligence services. Additionally, the Canadian cat cannibal killer posted multiple articles on the now-defunct Examiner platform using the pseudonym Current News 40, where he would talk about himself, including his involvement in the adult industry. Furthermore, on June 1st, 2009, a little over one year prior to the BDSM ad, Magnata posted an article titled Luca Magnata, How to Completely Disappear from the Internet and never be found on the platform Digital Journal under the alias Rocco Magnata. And although there is speculation a vast majority of the content was in fact plagiarized, it depicts a man who is not only in need of help, but a man speaking about his future plans. The article was published almost three years prior to the death of Jun Lin. Coincidental? The lunacy doesn't end there. Shortly after, the kitten-killing Canadian created a blog on eStrip, and in just one week managed to publish almost 50 journal entries. The first entry was titled, Luca Magnata, I'm a Male Model, which was originally posted on June 23, 2009, and the last entry, Scientology Saved My Existence, which was published on July 1st, 2009. Other entries include, People are jealous of me and my looks. I hate my family. Nothing is wrong with being bisexual. Don't be jealous of me, hot or not. Marijuana is not a drug, it's a leaf. Sometimes I can't believe my reflection. Madonna's songs cheer me up. People hate me because I'm beautiful. Sleepwalking. And was Marilyn Monroe murdered? But wait, this doesn't end here. In and around 2010 and 2011, Magnata uploaded multiple videos of him torturing and killing innocent kittens. This includes the infamous video, One Boy, Two Kittens. Kittens that were possibly voluntarily given to him, maybe for free. I want to also say that I hope people who give kittens away realize that what can happen if they don't know the person, their history, 
and they don't take identification or information about who adopts them. During this time, he made multiple posts on pro-rape boards inquiring about what drugs work best and miscellaneous personal ads seeking dominant men for various BDSM activities. Now moving forward from 2009, just a little over a month prior to murdering Jun Lin in May of 2012, Luca was diagnosed by Dr. Joel Paris with borderline personality disorder after an hour-long evaluation. According to Mark Pether Longman, the investigative journalist of Magnotophiles, who did a phenomenal job researching this case thoroughly, during this particular psychological assessment, Magnata admitted he had abandonment issues, fears of being cheated on, suicidal thoughts, and even went on to say he endured both physical and sexual abuse in his childhood. Magnata continued taking out the trash in the early hours of Saturday, May 26, 2012. In the surveillance footage, you can also see that Magnata attempts to throw out a computer or some sort of tablet. It could be a laptop, but I'm not sure. During this time frame, he kills an innocent puppy, the same puppy he used in his sinister snuff video. At around 5.46 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Magnata took out his last bag of trash before leaving his apartment to head to the airport to catch his flight to Paris. Before I forget, I want to address that every single message between Luca and June prior to meeting on the 24th has been unretrievable, so authorities were unable to originally make the connection between Magnata and Lynn. Despite the fact that Lynn was reported missing on May 29th, 2012 by family and friends days after his disappearance. It was the Gore video, one lunatic, one ice pick, that led authorities in the right direction and prompted a break in the case. A case that led into an investigation and a worldwide manhunt. A manhunt that didn't last long, luckily. Shortly after, on June 4th, 2012, Luca was apprehended in Berlin, Germany by officials in a local internet cafe after he was seen searching himself by the manager at the time, Kadar Analasi. At the time, Magnata used the name Keith Drammel, a pseudonym he used online and in Paris, the city he stayed in prior to Berlin. After denying it was him, Magnata finally admitted to authorities it was and said, okay, you got me, when he surrendered to German authorities. When Magnata was brought in by authorities, he attempted to blame his actions on psychotic breaks related to schizophrenia in efforts to avoid going to prison. When interrogated by Dr. Joel Watts, Magnata immediately denied any wrongdoing before saying he didn't remember doing it at all. In a statement included in the court documents, Magnata said, and I quote, I don't remember doing it. 
I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. Maybe I've been watching too many movies. Maybe it was to scare people. I don't know if I even did it. On June the 18th of 2012, Luca Rocca Magnata was indicted for the first degree murder of June Lin. Additionally, he was charged with four other crimes. The Canadian killer was charged with committing an indignity to a body, publishing obscene materials, mailing obscene materials, and harassing former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper and other members of the Canadian Parliament. On Sunday, July the 1st of 2012, Jun Lin's head was discovered in a lake near Angrigan Park, located in Montreal. What makes this even creepier is an unidentified individual deliberately and willingly gave this information to authorities, and to this day, no one truly knows who. Was this Magnata himself a witness? Or was it just a random Samaritan who simply does not want to be identified or involved with this case? According to Luca Magnata's psych report, when he was asked why he killed Jun Lin, Magnata said, and I quote, I thought Lin was a government agent sent to kill me because the voices in my head told me. The Canadian cannibal cat killer proceeded to blame his reason for killing Lin on another third party who he dubs Manny. Magnata refers to Manny as a cunning and calculating client and other times he implied as Luca's pimp. Magnata claims Manny threatened him with various forms of intimidation tactics and told him if he didn't kill Jun Lin, he would suffer. His claims also include that Manny called him many times before, during, and after the murder. According to phone records, none of the calls exist. There is no proof Manny is real. In fact, many true crime investigators, theorists, and fans believe Magnata made him up completely and the inspiration behind this unidentifiable character is the movie Basic Instinct. The character Manuel Manny Vasquez who played Catherine Trammell's lover, was never featured in the movie as a real person, but only a memory having died while fighting in the ring. Trammell, who is played by Sharon Stone, was the star of the film. When checking into Le Simon Hotel in Paris, Magnata used the alias Keith Trammell. When questioned by a forensic psychiatrist, Regarding his reason for creating One Lunatic, One Ice Pick, Magnata made it clear that he watched one too many movies. Yeah, I would say. Now remember the drug I mentioned that Magnata voluntarily admitted to taking? The one he also admits Jun Lin took, also, to Manzapan, also known as Restorol, Normason, or Normton is prescribed to treat insomnia. Some side effects include confusion, hallucinations, abuse, and suicide. Probably more, but those are the most common. When mixed with other drugs, these risks increase. 
And because this drug tends to absorb quickly, this could explain why Lin was either given a lethal dose or a dose high enough to kill him. When this drug is mixed with alcohol, it is known to kill you. The drug was found in Jun Lin's system. However, there is no data available regarding how much of it was. A bottle of wine was later found with traces of the drug, but sadly, no evidence to support whether or not it was a lethal dose. But it does make you question if Jun Lin was involuntarily drugged against his will. This would explain that his murder was in fact premeditated. The drug is known to be lethal when mixed with any wine or spirit. This leads me to the question, was Luca Magnata so obsessed with the film Basic Instinct that he took inspiration from it to kill Jun Lin? Or was Luca Magnata abusing drugs that made him snap? Were the voices Magnata heard hallucinations from drug abuse? Did Magnata have an ulterior motive that was simply premeditated? Did he do this for attention to feed his narcissistic megalomania? It was disclosed almost a decade prior in 2005 that Magnata was indeed paranoid schizophrenic after he took trial on multiple counts for another crime involving fraud. Perhaps Magnata got caught up in the BDSM culture so much he suffered from an extreme form of sexual sadism disorder which exacerbated his symptoms. Maybe his symptoms were caused by his relentless drug use or his history with erectile dysfunction. Maybe the erectile dysfunction caused him to hate himself. Could this be a case of biostophilia or perhaps lust murder. Lust murder in the first degree. And if so, has Luca Rocco Magnata killed before? Something tells me that Jun Lin isn't his only victim. Based on how calm and collective he appeared to be in the surveillance footage, I am 90% certain Jun Lin wasn't his first victim but evidently, so he is the last. Which is an amazing thing. It's been speculated that Magnata was involved in various unsolved homicides spanning from 2010 until his incarceration. These same murders continued until 2017. Sadly, due to lack of evidence, he was never charged for any additional crimes. Regardless of what set Luca Magnata off or made him want to kill an innocent man to get off, Jun Lin didn't deserve what he got. Neither did the many innocent animals whose short-lived lives he destroyed. Luca Magnata is now serving life in prison he is currently imprisoned at the Port Cartier prison in Port Cartier, Quebec. Jun Lin's remains were buried and laid to rest 
on Thursday, July 26, 2012, on Mont Royal in Montreal. He was surrounded by family, friends, and loved ones. I used to think that the day will never come. I'd see delight in the shade of the morning sun. But morning sun is the drug that brings me near. To the childhood I lost replaced by fear. I used to think that the day will never come. This is your host, Billy Hoosh, signing off. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, remember, not everything in life is what it seems, because even salt looks like sugar.